Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor yeah, Vinny. Thanks, Vinny. Appreciate you having me. The the digital marketing, and especially how everything is going these days, is such a huge thing. And I've had a lot of, I think, a lot of coaches on here talking about mindset, talking about growing. But I think it really comes down to, right, you have to have that online presence. And what was it like 10 years ago where it was more of like a business card, the online presence? And now it's like this is actually where you get business from. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. 10, 15 years ago, it was sort of an online business card. And then it kind of transformed into an online brochure. <laughs> right? Yeah. And now we've transformed into, you know, for a lot of service companies anyway, more of a glorified online brochure with lead generation capabilities, right? How, how would you how would you describe yourself? Let's say you're in your elevator. What's your elevator pitch? Someone goes, hey, Sean, what do you do? How would you describe yourself? Yeah, I typically say, well, you know how most companies have websites that cost them incalculable amounts of missed opportunity? Well, I founded a company called Savvy Pro Web that helps these companies increase their credibility, generate more leads, and ultimately win more clients online. <clears throat> Was that, and we're going to get into your story. We're going to dive a little deeper back into it. Was that your original plan with the business to uh, be a digital marketer that basically attracts clients and kind of funnels them into the business? Or was it more just building websites? Or what was your initial uh, business plan? Yeah, good question. So when we started, my wife and I co-founded the company about 13, 14 years ago now. We actually started as Savvy Pro SEO. Okay. So we were initially an SEO company. And what we quickly realized after our first six, maybe nine months in business was, was that as much as we are generating results for our clients and achieving high rankings in the search engine, increasing traffic, all that good stuff, all that uh, offense, as I call it, you know, we, we achieved some good offensive uh, strategies for our clients. Our clients looked at their books and said, we're not seeing any results. Like we see that our, we have a lot more traffic on our website, but we don't have any leads. Mm. So my wife and I sat back and said, okay, we, we've, we've cracked the code on generating more traffic for these people, but you can generate all the traffic in, you, in the world you want to a dormant website or an underperforming website. And if we don't fix the website problem first, we're just going to keep seeing the same results. So we actually transitioned into Savvy Pro Web about nine months after we started because we figured we better you know, do the right things in the right order and fix the website issue first. And once the foundation is there, once the website is strong, we now have more confidence playing offense and generating more traffic to that website because it ultimately leads to more calls, more leads, more downloads, whatever the whatever the um, call to action may be that the client wants most, right? Well, I mean, re rewinding even farther back, a young Sean, was he his computers? I mean, who was a young Sean? Uh, like, yeah, yeah I, I was always the kid who loved to uh, fix things, you know, take things apart, fix things, figure out how something worked. Um, I never cared what time it was. I always wanted to know how the watch was built and how it worked. Um, so I was sort of a tinkerer, I, I guess you could say, growing up. Always had a fascination with entrepreneurship. I come from a family uh, of entrepreneurs and uh, graduated with a degree in entrepreneurship uh, oh, wow. by accident. You know, the reason I did that is because my sophomore year when I was uh, when it came time to declare the major, I was a marketing major. I was just following in my three older siblings footsteps. And I noticed that there was a new entrepreneur program, uh, Vinny, and 
it required like eight less credits than marketing. And I'm like, oh, that's for me because it's going to be an easier senior year. So I kind of fell into that major by accident. But um, yeah, my whole life, I just kind of was fascinated with the idea of running your own company, setting your own hours, time freedom, money freedom, all the rest of it. And then quickly realized when I started my own company that, you know, of course, if you're not careful, that time freedom and that money freedom, it can go upside down rather fast. <laughs> you know? well, 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 let me rewind back. I mean, so how many how many uh, uh, siblings do you have? I have three older siblings, but by a wide margin. I mean, I, I was sort of the mistake of the family. My, yeah. my dad always said you were the pleasant surprise, but I knew better. <laughs> you know? so, so, so your parents, entrepreneurs, your three siblings um, also studied to become entrepreneurs. What did your parents do? Would you, did you recall to like push this idea of being a business owner and make it so appealing? I think it was a lot. It had a lot to do with my father. So my father had his own law firm for nearly 50 years. He's recently retired. He was a real estate developer, sort of a side hustle. And he really ingrained the idea of being your own boss into my head at a very early age. Um, I have my work ethic. I, I, I thank him for my work ethic, uh, integrity and all the rest of it. So he was really the person in, in my youth that uh, showed me what it was like to be able to set your own hours, be able to uh, control your time, at least to the best of your ability and to, uh, you know, make more money working less hours than, you know, your neighbor, so to speak. So mm -hmm. I was always fascinated with that idea of running my own business, having my own you know, company. And uh, for me, at least Vinny growing up, like getting a job was never in the cards. In fact, I can remember kicking and screaming, going to college. Cause I'm like, I, I don't want to go to school for another four years, you know, wow. in hindsight, it was a blessing and a very incredible opportunity. But at age 18, I was kind of ready to, to do something and I didn't want really want to go back and do school for four more years. So at, at a young Sean, before he went to college, looked at basically entrepreneurship with all positives. I mean, it sounds like your dad had a really good uh, business kind of life balance where he kind of showed you the, the positive, how you can control your schedule and things like that. You know, by the time I came along, that statement is true. But for okay. my three older siblings, they hardly saw him. Okay. He was so busy with work, probably working 60, 70, sometimes 80 hour a week. So I was very fortunate in that by the time I came along, um, my dad had more money than he had raising my other siblings. He had more time than he had because his business was more seasoned than it was with my siblings. So I, as the last in line is the caboose, I was just, you know, lucky as far as my pecking order was concerned. Now you're, you're in college, don't want to really be there. When was from, from college, did you jump directly into entrepreneurship or was it any kind of, any kind of business that you kind of jumped into the world? No. So I was very uh, interested in real estate. Uh, still okay. am frankly. And uh, for me, I think it was my junior year between junior and senior year i got an internship with a local brokerage and i got my license um my, my realtor license right out of college uh, so for me it was all about flipping homes back then so i'd represent a lot of investors who you know i would procure the property lock it up find it and then resell it to an investor i was also uh, flipping homes myself at the time unfortunately uh I got in a little over my skis. So my first business was a, a real estate model and I had acquired a handful of homes to do rent to own type investments. I was the kid reading Robert Kiyosaki, you know, mm -hmm. 
eighth grade on. I mean, I was just in love with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I still am. I mean, I still love all the uh, principles taught in those books. But I got in a little over my skis shortly after I graduated college. And uh, by the time 08 rolled around, all of my investments were worth, worth less than half of what they, they were worth. Um, and I actually hired somebody to help me grow that company. And, you know, I was a little bit negligent in that decision. Um, my blind ambition got the best of me because I had this goal of, you know, being a millionaire at age 25. And I just made a lot of very negligent decisions. So that, that decision though, and hiring this person to help me grow actually led to my bankruptcy. So 08 rolled around and I had, you know, all of my assets transitioned over to my liability column. I was way upside down with my net worth and a lot more debt than I could carry and uh, did everything I could to figure out how to get out of the hole and frankly couldn't. So I eventually had to file bankruptcy. And what's interesting, interesting, Vinny, is when I filed bankruptcy, it was literally 30 days before my wedding date. <laughs> so it's a very interesting time uh, in my relationship back then. How did you deal with the stress? I mean, personally, and then also in your relationship. I think... Um, Back then, I mean, my my then fiance, who is is my wife today, uh, we, we just celebrated 11 years um, a couple months ago. She really gave me the gift of confidence that I didn't give myself uh, mm -hmm. because I was in a pretty bad place back then. As far as my mind, I mean, you brought up mindset earlier, and it's it's such a powerful thing. Uh, as far as just like you know the way you look at things, right? Um, so. I wasn't looking at, at anything in a very positive way. And, and my then fiance really helped me out of that hole with my, with my mental, emotional health. And uh, she actually had confidence in me. Again, something that I didn't have in myself at the time. She, you know, carried forward. We continued to get married. She didn't question or, or uh, second guess any of my capabilities, which certainly gave me the confidence I needed to get out of that hole. Um, so that was a real blessing for me to have someone at my side who was literally carrying me through, you know, all those challenging times. And I mean, that had to be a, a very difficult thing. So she saw you, did she, she knew you before, I guess, the transition of the bankruptcy, right? Yeah. As a matter of fact, when we met, I was, you know, I, I was the most successful I had ever been oh, wow. <laughs> when yeah. we met, you know, and then I, I, I quickly slid from, you know, the, the, the best position I was in financially to the worst position I was in financially and, and she stuck through it. So, well, and then you, I mean, having the, this company that you currently have, um, I mean, Savvy Pro Web, it's 13 years. So that's supposed to be 2008, 2009, roughly. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was right after all this chaos and I guess bad, bad juju that was kind of playing out. I mean, was there any thoughts of going getting a job and saying, okay, I did the entrepreneurship for X amount of time. I did a real success, but now I'm in a really bad hole. Did you ever think, or was it straightly, okay, no, we need to find another way to make money and build this company. I think I, I've thought that a handful of times since then, <laughs> that I know for sure. but 13 years ago, um, the thought I'm sure crossed my mind. However, when I was back then, when I was, selling my own homes that I had flipped and also representing my investor clients when they were done renovating the homes, they had me represent them. Mm. Back then I was building websites for homes, you know, one, two, three mainstreet.com. And oh, I was okay. advertising back then. It was like 
you know, Zillow and Redfin and all the truly th those didn't exist. So it was like we were marketing homes on Craigslist, like open houses on Craigslist for the oh, yeah. coming Sundays. So back then, the only other thing I knew how to do besides flip real estate and based on my track record, I didn't really know how to do that. Very <laughs> so the only th other thing I knew how to do was build and market websites. So it, for me, it was kind of an easy next step, just identifying, mm. you know, what else can I offer these entrepreneurial clients? It was an easy transition for me to make because I had been building and marketing sites for many years at that stage. But yes, I'm, I'm sure I, I, I had those thoughts back then. And, and I know I've had them a handful of times since then what what stops you from uh making it more than a thought man you know when you have those thoughts for me at least you get into survival mode you know you you know you're backed into a corner and um you know i always tell myself well who that who in the world would hire me my resume is blank mm. you know i say i and it's funny with entrepreneurship you know like i you can say you, you you're your own boss you don't have a boss it's like well you know if i have 50 projects going with 50 clients at any given time I've got 50 bosses to serve here. You know, it's like, yeah. be careful what you wish for because you'll actually serve many bosses if you're your own boss, right? Uh, assuming you're putting a product or a service out into the world that, that benefits others. So um, I, I think for me, the easy one's always, hey, I don't have a, you know, a very uh, positive resume here. I'm not a good employee. You know, like I'm just not a good employee. So who would hire me? So that's kind of my first you know, mindset is, man, this is going to be an uphill battle because I have no work experience outside right. of the companies that I've built and sold. I have no work experience as far as an employee is concerned. And then for me, I get into the survival mode where it's like, you know, I'm a big fan of, of, of living my life with intention. And to me, I, I have to have more time freedom. Like I, I couldn't do it. I, Vinny, I, I couldn't work from nine to five, you know, every day. And, um, you know, not go home for lunch and see my family, for example, like I've been so spoiled, you know, some of us entrepreneurs who, who have more time freedom than they had before they started their company, we get spoiled. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it's like, Hey, I don't want to go to Costco at sat on Saturday because it's crazy busy. I want to go at Tuesday at 2 PM. I want to <laughs> get my haircut on Thursday at three o'clock when there's no one at the barbershop. All of a sudden we have these luxuries because we, we are able to do certain things that other people aren't able to do because we have that time freedom. I was just talking to my wife over the weekend and we we're planning spring break. What are we going to do? And we're always going somewhere the week before or the week after our school district spring break. Cause we're like, we're not going to put up with all the inconveniences and the crowds and everything else. Like let's do our own thing. Mm. Um, so that, that spoils you over time. So I, I, I sit and I imagine, you know, going to work for someone else and, and sort of um, supporting someone else's vision and, mm -hmm. and what my day to day might look like and, and, and ideas come because I'm like, oh, survival, man, I got to get away from that. And what else can I do to to continue to live the life that that I want to live very intentionally? So um, that that usually helps me out from, a, you know, from a, how do I get out of this standpoint? Well, you're talking about vision, right? Talking about your own vision um, when you're building your company and you know, you're transitioning from real estate development, flipping into building this this company right first at uh, uh, digital marketing and then website that had to be a very interesting conversation talking to those entrepreneurs that you worked with before of hey you know what i don't do this anymore i'm not really focusing on real estate but i can help you with this other avenue do you have like a 
a pitch and play, or how was that conversation with those clients? Yeah, so I, I would say a good 70% of the business I did was investment related, and then another probably 20% was corporate relocation back then. Okay. So I, I had what was awesome, Vinny, was I had some relationships, some pre-existing relationships with corporate relo clients, and I was able to go to them and just explain to them, here's you know where I'm moving next, here's the next direction. And if you enjoyed the way that you know I took care of you in this capacity, I can certainly help you in this capacity going forward as well. And luckily a handful of them said yes, and then a few referrals later, and wow, you know, now we're in business and we've got a dozen clients and we're off to the races. When you when you brought that information to them, did you bring it? This is where we're going because it sounds like you. This is where we're going. But you, did you talk about the past of where you came from, or did you leave that kind of by the wayside? No, I mean I wasn't sharing my my downfall with them. Yeah, no, I'm sharing the fact that you know I I got crushed with this recession, and you know all of us did in in yeah. our own ways. I mean nobody came out of 08 unscathed. Yeah, and I certainly we all have to appreciate that. Um, so I'm not unique in that sense. It's just I happen to have all of my net worth tied up in bricks and mortar. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Time. Um, but no, I don't think I shared any of that. I mean, I didn't start talking about any of this until probably 2015, 16, maybe five years ago. Oh, just wow. kind of opened up a little bit about my past and my bankruptcy and um the lessons I learned through that. I mean, I I really feel like and, and it's easy to see this in hindsight, mm-hmm. but usually you look back on your life or your business, the life of your business, and you 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 look at all those challenging times and in those times were teaching moments. You know, you learn the greatest lessons from some of the greatest adversities you've had to face. And it's hard to, I think, remember that and appreciate it when you're when you're in the eye of the storm, right? Um, but I, I learned a lot of great lessons back then and I'm very grateful for that experience. And I'm also very grateful for the fact that I could, I went bankrupt at a time where I could afford it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't afford that today. You know, we got three young kids and, um, I, I I literally couldn't afford bankruptcy today, but I could afford it 11 years ago before I had any real responsibilities, if that makes sense. Yeah. As far as a, a wife and a, and, and a family and kids. And um, so, I, you know, timing's everything. And, and I think that I was very lucky in that regard. I mean, you said it a couple of times, right? That you learned a lot of life lessons, a lot of lessons in that time. Can you give us maybe one or two lessons that you think you picked up? Keep your overhead low. Okay. <laughs> it's probably, <laughs> Fair probably the greatest lesson that I had. And, um, and that's something my dad taught me, you know, constantly growing up. It's like, keep your overhead low. Don't overextend yourself. Um, I, I think another lesson is that, you know, complexity is the enemy of success. I'm a f- huge fan of leaving, you know, keeping things simple now. Um, so simplicity is huge. And, you know, you're never going to scale with complexity everywhere. It's just, it's too daunting. Um, so I'd say, yeah, keep your overhead low, follow your gut. You know, I had a, I had a gut feel about this gentleman I hired and it wasn't a good feeling. Mm. You know, sometimes when there's like a a conflict in core values, when you're looking to hire someone or when you're looking to hire a vendor or whatever it is, partnership, like sometimes you can just sense within the first five seconds of a conversation that there's something off here. You got to listen to that. You got to listen to that signal because, uh, it was there for me and I, and I just sort of ignored it and moved forward uh, very hastily. And, and, and that, that's what caused the bankruptcy. So uh, I think following your gut is an important lesson to have as well. 
why do you think you hired him with with that gut feeling? Was it based off necessity? You needed to hire someone, or what was the reason behind it? Blind ambition. You know, I, I think two things: moving at the speed of light. You know, just trying to do too many things in too short of a time, and um, not paying attention to the details, and and just blind ambition. Like I had this goal from the time I was probably 16 years old to become a millionaire by 25. Mm. And I was closing in on 25, you know, I'm 40 today, mm. <laughs> you know? but I was closing on 25 and I set that goal and that became sort of my identity. You know, back then I was really wrapped up in material possessions and status and nice homes, fancy car, all this stuff. I thought all those things defined me. And um, the beauty of all of it is I had to have everything stripped away in order for me to really find myself. Um, but uh, yeah, blind ambition, I think, would be the, the, the two, two word answer I'd give you, um, because come hell or high water, I was hitting that goal. <laughs> you know? well, how do you now with this company that's been successful in, I mean, in 13 years, right? And expanding it now. We've talked we talked about it before we got actually on camera about the idea of expansion. I mean those thoughts of what happened back then of blind ambition of expanding too fast, too much overhead probably have to echo in your, your mind when you're bringing on a new hire today or does it not? It does. Uh, it, it definitely does. So I think it was in 2014, 15, 16 savvy pro web was at its largest. So as far as top line revenues, employees, payroll, like we had, it, it was a, for me that we had like seven employees and we were fully loaded nine if you include my wife and myself because we're we're employees as well of the company and i think we're all wired in different ways and i can just remember back then i was having a hard time sleeping at night because we had this huge uh you know for me a huge payroll i mean that's nothing right seven people because we have clients who have, you know, 1,200 employees, 2,500 employees. I mean, it's nothing. So certain people are like cut from that cloth where they can, I think, stomach a lot of that overhead. And I think maybe due to my upbringing, um, I have a hard time stomaching that level of overhead for me personally. Mm. So this year is we're, we're trying to kind of method, methodically scale. I mean, I just listened to Bo Burlingham's Small Giants again uh, over the break. And it's about how these companies intentionally decided to remain small, but great. Mm. And so I'm kind of having that battle right now, which is, you know, which direction do we want to take this? The, the, the great thing about it is we have an option here. Yeah. You know, it's like we have the option to scale, but what sort of problems do I want to have? You know, do I want to have these types of problems or those types of problems? And I'm not a huge, I don't have a lot of passion for management. I know that's not my strong suit. And um, I do have a lot of passion for working directly with clients and solving their problems, hmm. um, especially these high growth entrepreneur clients that we're blessed to serve. So I'm, I'm kind of teeter tottering back and forth as far as like what, what's going to be the big goal this year. Um, and, and we're not sure yet. You know, we're not sure what we're going to do. Uh, part of me wants to I don't want to say shrink back because I think that's not the right term, but part of me wants to just sort of stay the course because we have a lot of, you know, we have profits and peace of mind and, and predictability and everything that I could ever hope for in a business right now. The moment we go to scale, we're going to have new challenges and we're going to have those types of people problems that internally I'm not a big fan of solving. 
Um, and I, I did uh, EOS implementation for about seven years. I'm not sure if you're familiar with EOS or not. It's uh, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. Gino Wickman published a book, gosh, probably 10, 11 years ago now called Traction. And it, it was more valuable. Reading that 200 page book was more valuable than, you know, four years of college education in the entrepreneurship uh -huh. field. It was, it's, it was an amazing read for me. Big eye opener. I think I read it back in 2012 uh, the, for the first time, but I became a, an implementer of EOS for many years. And I started serving clients in that capacity for many years. And I, I, I see some of these clients when I was doing EOS, they had, you know, some people had staff of 25, some people had staff of 250. And I sat back and I looked at their world and I looked at what their day-to-day -day looked like. And I looked at the issues they were going through. And I just said, I don't think that that's for me. <laughs> you know, I don't think that I have the, the 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 DNA necessary to tackle those types of internal people issues every day. Um, so I think part of the big thing about entrepreneurship is discovering who you are and and what you really want out of your company. Mm. And it's one thing that EOS helped me with is like, what do I want out of my company? How do I build this company in a way that it serves me and the lifestyle I want to live versus the other way around? Versus this company is this big Frankenstein monster that controls my every thought seven days a week. Um, so yeah, we're, we're undecided so far. It's, it's uh, the third and, you know, I, I, I have some pretty clear objectives for the year, but when it comes to scaling and hiring, um, I know my options. I just haven't made a decision, but once I make a decision, I'll move forward and uh, you know, get it done, whatever that is. Well, I mean, I think for, I mean, I've had this on a couple different um, podcasts where we talk about the idea of the small business and the, the big business, but it's that growth part, that growth business right there. That's mostly the difficult part for, I think, for most entrepreneurs, right? You're small, you're doing it yourself, you're basically doing all the, the things. The big business, you have people in each avenue, so it's just about expanding those avenues. It's that growth model. And I think for most people, we're talking... I've had on here, I've at least talked about the idea of getting there for you. I mean, you're talking about the idea of when I get there, okay, well, do I really want to be there? And so I think that's a different, something that probably a lot of entrepreneurs don't even think about. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. I mean, I've had the good fortune of, um, on, on, on the back of Savvy Pro Web, we have built, grown and sold. We, we've exited three times uh, web-based mm -hmm. software companies. And so, so I've had that, the benefit of that experience. I've had the benefit of serving clients on an EOS capacity, taking the CEO, the president, their leadership team out on you know, retreats every quarter and, and, and understanding the inner workings of what goes on day to day. I've had the benefit of sitting in their weekly leadership team meetings, seeing what sort of issues they're resolving and um, what's holding them back, their obstacles, their challenges, and everything else. So I've, I've had the benefit of a lot of perspective. And I think what you bring up is important because so many of us, myself included, all the business books out there are on growth, mm. which is fantastic. Thank goodness that we have so much education to tap into. Um, but for some of us that are maybe a little bit different than what's conventional is like, well, we don't want to just grow for growth's sake. Mm. You know, like let's envision what this looks like if we do get to this place and if we're going to enjoy working this company in that capacity the same way we enjoy it today. So I think it's important that we all have a vision of, of, of what, what the next level is. So for example, like 
last year, our next level was documenting every single process that went on within our company, you know, from sales to marketing, to client services or operations, to finance, to the integrator, the presidency role, to the visionary, to the CEO role, all the way down to vendors. Um, so our next level was let's get everything in place in preparation for scale. If that's what we choose to do, to do. I reread Emith again, uh, last year and I just, I love Michael Gerber's approach and, you know, that, that was a big wake up call that, Hey, this business isn't yet to the point where it's like a McDonald's, you know, we don't really have a fr franchise prototype built just yet. Mm -hmm. So let's build it in 2021 so that, you know, the fries come out looking, tasting, feeling the same way every time. So we've done that now. So we, you know, in our back end, all processes are documented. Everybody on my team currently is following those processes, which is beautiful. Um, and that's kind of, that was our thing was like, we want, I love options. So it's like, we want to get to that place where we have an option to scale should we choose to do so. But if we don't, Hey, you know, we have a repeatable, predictable process here. That's going to, if nothing else, serve clients even better than before and create that predictable result for clients. So I saw it as kind of an asset that would increase the valuation of the business, regardless of if we chose to scale or not. And, and for me, that was intentional growth last year was kind of growth from the inside out. It wasn't necessarily, you know, let, let's double our client base or let's double our revenue, anything like that. It was like, how can we make ourselves better internally? So that the output or the outcome for clients, the results was, we're, we're, we're better. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I love where this conversation just went because I think if we don't, if we're not intentional about where we want our business to grow or to go, and if we don't define what success looks like for us and for our businesses, we're just caught up in the conventional wisdom of things, which is just grow, 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 grow without understanding, well, what is life actually, what is business and what does life actually look like? Should we get to that $10 million mark or that $100 million mark? I would much rather have a company, Vinny, that generates a million dollars of revenue with 70% profits than $100 million of revenue with 1.5% profits. <laughs> you know? So that, that's just me though. We're all wired differently into each his own. So we each need to discover what matters to us and what we want out of our companies. And then it's up to us, you know, to go out there and make it happen. Well, and, and I mean, this is a question that usually, I mean, usually ask, right? Is the idea of if we were talking in five years, I mean, where do you see your business going? I, I know you're still trying to figure out where you see your business going and next year from now. So I'll, I'll change it a little bit. If we were talking in five years from now, where do you see your personal life being? Personal life. Hmm. Personal life. Um, gosh, that's a great question. So uh, from what angle? Relationships, health, spirituality? I mean, what, how, however you want to take it. I mean, however you're taking it. Because I mean, it's, it, it's, I think it's difficult to envisioning five years for your business if we're still trying to figure out if you're going to expand or grow. Yeah, I, I, I would assume there's probably something on a personal relationship, whatever it might be, your mindset that you're looking to take it, at least you have kind of a footprint of where you want to go. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So in five years, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of meditation and I meditate every day. So I'm doing that. That's a routine that I've kept up for a few years. Um, I'm a, I'm starting, I, I just hit 40. So all of a sudden, like my health is on my radar screen. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Not that it hasn't been, but um, it's, it's now more than ever. And I, and I recently joined a program called strategic coach, 
which is like the world's best coaching program for entrepreneurs. It's a Dan Sullivan led company. It's just an amazing experience. And uh, Dan wrote a book called, um, I think it's called My Goal or My Plan to Live Until I'm 156. Oh, wow. And that sort of opened my, there's a tool in Strategic Coach, Vinny, that's really neat. It's called the, um, the Lifetime Expander, I believe. And I went through that process last quarter, every quarter we meet up and um, it was really eye-opening. So for me, my health is on my radar more than anything else. And I don't think there's any reason that we can't live beyond a hundred at this point with all the advances in medicine and technology. And it was really neat. I was talking to my eight-year-old. So my, my, my dad always had a goal of living till he's a hundred. So I always had this goal of living till I'm 125. And over just a couple of weekends ago, my eight-year-old and I, my oldest son, we were talking about how, hey, there's no reason you shouldn't live till you're 150. You know, all this comes with an asterisk of quality of life, you know, assuming. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Otherwise, pull the plug. That, that's my uh, that, that's my opinion for myself. But um, yeah, so I think my, my health is as good as it's ever been, you know, in five years. And I'm an avid pickleball player. I play four or five days a week. Um, I'd like to enter into some tournaments and get more competitive than I have been with that. Let's see. I'll be celebrating 15, 16 years of, uh, of an anniversary at that point. So hopefully a stronger relationship, you know, than I've ever had. I'm going to have teenagers, which scares the daylights out of me because <laughs> I've got niece and, nieces and nephews who are way beyond teenage years now, but I know how difficult that is. So hopefully a, a, a continued, you know, solid relationship with my kids. Um, hope my parents are still around. They're in their mid seventies and I go down, they recently moved from Chicago to South Carolina. So hopefully I can continue to see them. Um, yeah, I think a lot about that. And I just actually over the weekend went through kind of resetting my, my annual goals for, you know, personally. Um, so yeah, that stuff's always on my mind. And actually I have like nine areas of life that I track constantly and I challenge them to say, should there be seven this year? Is it only five? Is it three? Is it 15? Like what matters to me now? And, um, my business is actually on, on my list of priorities. If you look at my nine areas, my business is number eight. So I, I my business supports my life, I, I guess, is what I'm looking to say. And the, 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 the ninth priority is my wealth, which is finances, retirement, budgets, all that good stuff. So and my business supports my wealth, obviously, but everything else in my life comes first. You know, my my health, my spiritual, mental, emotional, physical health. Our relationships, my wife, my children, my my extended family, um, our home together, our family life, all that good stuff, friends, hobbies, etc. And my business is kind of down there towards the bottom. That's that's great. I mean, it, and I'll leave with this question. I mean, being that you've been a lifer entrepreneur, right? Is there any? And I, I know you've brought up a couple nuggets that you've learned over your life. I mean, if someone was reaching out to you or someone's listening right now and they're like, "I, I want to be an entrepreneur." just like Sean, I want to do what he's done. I mean, is there any advice that you would, you would give to that person, that young, you know, that 18 year old kid that's getting to college or leaving college? Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just kidding. I think entrepreneurship Vinny is like the, the, it's the, like, I'm so passionate about entrepreneurship and I'm so passionate about helping people who have, who have the courage to go outside of what's conventional and what's normal and to blaze a trail of their own. Like to me, that is so attractive. Like I would die on a hill for this idea of entrepreneurship. I just love it. And I think it's the most rewarding 
contrary to what I just said, I was joking. Like, I think it's the most rewarding life experience one can have, regardless of success and failure from a conventional standpoint. I think even if you go out and try it and you fail, you'll learn some incredible things along the way. And if let, let's say you go out and try and fail and then you have to go get a job, well, guess what? You will have more perspective than any other employee on that staff. If you've been there, done that, and you can appreciate your boss or the owner's you know, just what they're going through. You can have empathy for that person. Like that's a mm. huge quality that, that usually isn't on a, a, you know, that's not a bullet point on a resume, yeah. but it's such awesome perspective and you learn so many valuable lessons are, uh, along the way. So to answer your question, I think it would be, um, don't quit your day job. So it's, you know, it, it it's one thing to want to go out and do something on your own and have a steady paycheck in the background to support your expenses. It's a totally different thing to just go out and try something without any income coming in. I mean, income is so important. Mm-hmm. You lack income and you know, that, that your expenses are going to stay the same. So the moment the income hose turns off, you are more stressed than ever before you're racking up the debt. You've got unpaid bills you got credit issues and, and you're making, you, you're not making sound decisions at that point. Mm-hmm. So my best advice is don't quit your day job. So if you're out there in college and you've got a part-time job working the local sandwich shop, or whatever it is, keep it, you know, appreciate that, honor it. It's a paycheck. It helps. And then go out and do a side hustle. But I wouldn't, you know, burn the boats necessarily and quit your day job for an idea just yet until you prove that concept. And for me, it would be keep the day job, do the best I can, work it, get that steady paycheck. And then, you know, the number one goal would be to prove the concept of my idea, like minimal viable product, uh, uh, close a few deals or sell a few products, whatever it is, or offer a few services, but prove the concept. Until you prove the concept and you understand the inner workings of the business and how much time it's going to take and all that other stuff, um, you probably shouldn't quit that day job just yet. Well, I appreciate you, Sean, for being here. Thank you for giving all your your nuggets right there. I mean, if someone's listening right now and they're looking to build their online presence, they're starting their company, but they're not getting getting leads online. What's the best way of them reaching out to you, finding your company, maybe getting kind of a... um, kind of check in and see if uh, they would be a good fit for you. Yeah, thanks. So our website's probably the first place I'd send them, SavvyProWeb.com. And then also I'm, I'm somewhat active on LinkedIn. I'm not super active with social media in general, but if I am going to be anywhere, it's on LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me there. Perfect. And and all Sean's information, the website, and I believe LinkedIn are in the show notes. So go there. Thank you, guys. Uh, please subscribe. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.